Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Glad to have you with us on a Monday. Hope everybody enjoyed a fantastic weekend of football. Um, it's also this the best time of the year, by the way. Uh, you know, baseball playoffs are right now. NHL just started. NBA is about to start, I think, here in the next week or two. I could be wrong. You diehard NBA fans can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure NBA starting pretty soon, right? preseason's been going on. Anyway, college football is right in the thick. This is the best time of college football season. It's right in the thick of things. There's still a lot of game games left, uh, but you get some of the really good matchups like Tennessee, Alabama. Like You start getting those matchups this time of year, and it's... I mean, it was a fantastic weekend of college football. Put the NFL on top of that, you get Kansas City and Buffalo. You get Dallas and Philadelphia. There's just a, and you get playoff baseball on top of that. I really think this is the best time of the sports year because the NHL and the NBA are also kicking off and the, they'll have both started by the time that the World Series rolls around. And, you know, the NHL's already started. So, um, yeah, I mean, that Tennessee-Alabama game, by the way, I want to touch on that real quick. Um, what a game. I mean, that was – obviously, I was rooting for Tennessee. Um, I have a couple cousins that went to Tennessee. I have a couple friends that have gone to Tennessee. So I was rooting for them. Plus, Alabama is like the Patriots of college football for me. Um, they're the Yankees. They're just those team that team that you, they just win all the time. You know, Yankees fans will say, "Well, we don't. You know, we haven't won a World Series in 13 years." Yeah, I get it. But the, the Yankees are always in it. They're never bad. You know, Alabama's never bad or even close to bad. They're always elite. Like the Yankees are always elite. The Patriots, back when Brady was there, were always elite. They weren't winning every championship, but they were always in contention. Um, I say that as a fan of, a, of teams that have never always been in contention except for the Capitals. But Alabama was, you know, they came in, they were 6-0, but they seemed vulnerable. You know, like Alabama seemed very vulnerable to me. Like they, you know, obviously they gave up 52 points to Tennessee, uh, gave up five touchdowns to the same guy, Uh Jalen Hyatt, I believe was his name, um, had had like a Randy Moss against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving back in 98 kind of game. But the, you know, the, you know, Alabama has had some close games. They barely beat Texas in week, in the second game of the season, 20 to 19, and that's an unranked Texas team. They gave up, tw- they've given up an average of 23 points per game, the two games leading into this one. Now they beat up on Utah State, 55-0. They beat up Louisiana Monroe, 63-7. Vanderbilt, 55-3. Everybody's crushing Vanderbilt. They just got waxed by Georgia. Um, then Arkansas, you know, that was, a, that was a tight game until the fourth quarter, and Alabama pulled away. Texas A&M, it was a tight game, 24-20. And then they finally play a team in their weight class, the Tennessee Volunteers number 6, heading into this week, the uh, Tennessee. And they got smoked, 52-49. Uh, it was not a blowout, but that defense giving up 52 points. That's just not what Nick Saban's defenses do. And this guy, Hendon Hooker for, the, uh, for, for Tennessee, uh, played a little bit of Virginia Tech. I remember seeing him play against Liberty a couple years ago. He was outstanding, 385 yards, five touchdowns, only threw the ball 30 times and threw for almost 400 yards. High at six catches, 207 yards, five touchdowns. That's a Randy Moss Thanksgiving game. And it was, you know, this is a this is the battle of the Titans, in my opinion, right now in college football. Tennessee's better than Alabama. I think they can score. 
they can, you know, you're not stopping anybody in college football. If you're an elite teams, unless you're Georgia, you're not stopping anybody. I mean, Alabama can't stop anybody anymore because it's an offensive game. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about the wide receivers. I mean, the college football gives the NFL like 10 great wide receivers every year, every couple of years. Like there's a lot of great talent at wide receiver in college football. And it's very, that makes it very easy to play you know, quarterback if you play for an elite program like an Alabama or like a Georgia or Tennessee. And so, you know, you know, you got Hendon Hooker, you got Bryce Young playing in a game. It was, it was a very exciting game. Great product. Great for college football. I was watching it at, um, uh, my wife and I were visiting my wife's sister in Raleigh, uh, this weekend. And, uh, we went to a restaurant and the game was on four different t- TVs and everybody was watching. A few Alabama fans there, I do remember. And when that kick went through, uh, McGrath, the kicker, knuckleball, somehow found the back of the net. Um, it was pandemonium. I mean, I remember, so we were also watching NC State versus Syracuse. And Syracuse took down NC State 24-9, to pretty easy victory. NC State's pretty much done without... Uh, Devin Leary for the rest of the season. Um, you know, they just don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball. Um, but at the end of that game, I was at Syracuse. Syracuse won by 15. You know, never gave up a touchdown. Or it, you know, it just didn't feel competitive ever. And the students rushed the field, and I, I looked at my sister-in-law. I said, that's, that's not a rush the field kind of moment. You know, you, you need to, like, you know, NC State without their starting quarterback is not a team that I would rush the field over when you're also a ranked team, but, and they rush the field, Syracuse, whatever, you know, it is what it is, but the, I mean, Tennessee beating Alabama for the first time in 16 years, that's a storm the field moment, that, that is what every student in that entire school, in that whole city of Knoxville, was has been waiting for for a long time. It's the biggest program win in a long, long time, maybe 16 years. And that's a rush the field game. They rushed the field. They took the goalpost out of the ground and and uh, <laughs> carried it all the way to um, uh, the Tennessee River or the Knoxville River. I don't know what it's called over there, but um, they <laughs> took the goalpost down. There's no goalpost uh, in the stadium in Knoxville. <laughs> it's it it was pandemonium. It's the kind of I mean, as a Liberty fan, I would love to have a moment like that one day. I don't know if we'll ever get to play Alabama, let alone beat them. But you know, kudos to the students. They know how to celebrate at Tennessee for a big win, and that was a fun win. And it was fun watching that game in Raleigh with college football atmosphere. You know, out to eat with my wife and my sister in law. It was it was a very unforgettable game to watch. Um, but there were some NFL games. Um, most notably, it was Kansas City Buffalo, and you know everybody's saying, "Well, this is going to be a rematch." You know, there, there's there's going there's going to be a rematch in the playoffs. Doesn't you know? Doesn't matter when, but one of these teams is going to have to get through the other to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and they're right. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and say, "Well, you know, one team." No, these are the two best teams in the AFC. I think they're the two best teams in the NFL. Um, because I think both of these teams actually would match up well with Kansas City. I think, I mean, not, not Kansas City, with Philadelphia. I think, you know, Philadelphia hasn't really faced a quarterback like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes yet this year. 
you know, they've, they've faced a lot of Cooper Rush, who's not really a playmaker out of the pocket. Carson Wentz doesn't make plays out of the pocket. You know, Jared Goff doesn't. And so, and Trevor Lawrence really doesn't. So Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes would be a matchup nightmare for them. That's why I think these are the two best teams in the NFL. It's because of those two guys. It really shows you, and as a Commanders fan, it really does show you how important a quarterback is. It could change your whole team. I really think these neither of these teams are playoff teams without their quarterbacks. That I mean, I'm not saying they're completely dependent. They've got great players. Buffalo has incredible players. But if Case Keenum was running this offense and not Josh Allen, they're an 8-win team instead of a 14-win team. Sky's the limit for this Bills team with Josh Allen. They're not getting anywhere with Case Keenum. Patrick Mahomes, he's great. The team is great. But he goes down and Chad Henney goes in, this team ain't winning. If Chad Henney started the full season with this Chiefs roster, they win five, six games. Mahomes starts, yeah, they're an 11, 12, 13 win team. This one is significant because Buffalo is going to host home field advantage. If, you know, with this win, they got the tiebreaker over Kansas City. I, I look at Buffalo's schedule, and they so they have their bye week next week. Then they're home for Green Bay. They're going to win that one. Green Bay's not very good. They go at the Jets. That's a chippy game, but they're better than New York in, at coach and at quarterback. You know, the Jets aren't going to go 15-2. and two. They're going to lose more games this year. And I think they're, two of their losses are going to be to Buffalo. They're versus Minnesota. That's the first tough one. Then they go versus Cleveland. And that's going to still be Jacoby Brissett. They'll win. At Detroit, at New England, they'll win both those games. New England stacks up horribly against the Bills, always have. Then they go back to the Jets. I think they'll win. Versus Miami, they're not going to get swept by the Dolphins. They'll win. At Chicago, easy win. At Cincinnati, another tough one. And then back home for New England, they'll win that one. I think there's two losable games the rest of the season. Now, I could be wrong, but there's two losable games the rest of the season. They could win. They're, they're going to win 13, 14 games. They're going to lose maximum two games the rest of the year. And so, look at Kansas City. They're already 4-2. and two. They have a loss to Buffalo. Their next game is at San Francisco, coming off a loss. That's a trap game. Then they get Tennessee and Jacksonville, chippy teams at Los Angeles, another team that they could struggle against. Then they go home for the Rams. You know, they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. That's losable. At Cincinnati. Okay, at Denver. At Houston. And then Seattle, who's chippy. Okay, Seattle's a fiery, feisty team that is hard to beat these days. And they could, they could, they can score on you. Then they go home against Denver again at Las Vegas. They could lose three or four of those games. Totally. They could lose five or six of them. I don't think they will. I think they'll beat some of those teams. But they could lose three or four of them. End up with six losses, beat 11 or 10 win team. They, they could win. I mean, they could win out too. That's the thing. I'm not saying it's guaranteed they, they could lose up to that many games. They could win all. Buffalo and Kansas City could win the rest of their games. That's how good they are. And they stack up perfectly for each other. They were virtually the same in passing yards yesterday as a team. Allen at 329, Mahomes at 338, net. Uh, Buffalo at 318, and Kansas City at 319. Virtually the same. Buffalo had 60 more total yards than Kansas City. They roughly had the same amount of time of possession. They both converted to one-fourth down. They were virtually the same in third down. 
The only difference was the turnovers. Buffalo turned it over on their first drive, didn't the rest of the game. Kansas City turned it over on their first drive and their last drive. That was the difference. I mean, Kansas City, they they had a chance to take an early 3-0 lead. They go for it on fourth down. Mahomes throws a pick in the end zone. That was the difference of the game. Late in the game, Allen throws the touchdown. He hurdles a defender, and then he throws a touchdown to Dawson Knox. That was critical. That was one of the best throws you'll see, by the way. Because now, instead of just, you know, they need a field goal to win the game, you need a touchdown to win it. Mahomes presses a little bit, and maybe that's why that interception at the, at the very end of the game happens. But this is this is Mahomes and, Bra- and, and, excuse me, this is Brady and Manning. Brady and Peyton Manning. This is the new rivalry. This is Marino-Elway. Except those rivalries were not as fun to watch. Brady and Peyton was fun because sometimes it was low-scoring, you know, sometimes it was competitive. And those two quarterbacks at the very end of the game, you know, whoever had the ball last would just pick apart the defense in a two-minute drill and win the game. But it wasn't always high scoring. Sometimes it was low scoring. And those two quarterbacks are kind of, you know, pocket guys, can't move around well in the pocket. You know, those those matchups quarterback-wise were, you know, it was fun watching the two heavyweights, the two best quarterbacks in the league, go at it. But... Is Tom Brady as fun to watch as Patrick Mahomes? Is Peyton Manning as fun to watch? Was he as fun to watch as Josh Allen? The answer to those questions is no. Those two quarterbacks are going to run the league for the next 10 years. And I think between them, they're going to win three of the next seven Super Bowls, three of the next 10 Super Bowls. Mahomes gets one more. Allen gets two more. They're both two-time champs. I really think this Buffalo team is built to win multiple championships with the coach, with the GM, with the you know, the style and build of this roster, they're they're built to win multiple championships. This is fun. This is so much more fun than Peyton and Brady because both of these quarterbacks, you can't sack them. It, it's tough to defend either of them. They just run around. They they have insane arm angles, unbelievable accuracy. It, it's almost like how do you defend these two guys? It's almost a miracle Buffalo was able to force two interceptions. So I I look at these two teams and I think they're virtually the same. And I think virtually they're going to vir- I mean they're going to match up against each other in the playoffs. Okay? Whether it's the AFC Championship game or the divisional round, they're t- they're going to see each other again. They're going to win their divisions. They're going to see each other again. I think it's going to be the AFC Championship game. I don't think either of these teams are, you know, Buffalo if they if they win out or, you know, if they're better than Kansas City, they're going to be the number one seed, and they're going to host the playoffs. So it's possible the Chiefs could go to Buffalo in the divisional round, but more likely they go in the in the AFC Championship game with the Super Bowl on the line. At home, Super Bowl on the line, memories of the last playoffs, I'm not betting against Josh Allen. I'm sorry, I'm not. I think he's a tad bit more refined these days than Mahomes, who, you know, he can unravel mechanically at sometimes. That, that, you know, might be unpopular, but that's my thoughts on that rivalry right now. Okay, um, picks did not go well this week. Sorry, everybody, if you took my picks to the bank, uh, which I don't know why you would have, but if you did, then you didn't do so hot. So I got four right. I got Minnesota at Miami, minus three and a half right. They won by eight. I got Cincinnati right at New Orleans. They were minus two. They won by four. Uh, I, I, 
I know it was a big number, but I picked the Rams to win and cover against the Panthers. They did. Carolina's a pathetic team. Um, and then Arizona at Seattle. I picked the Seahawks plus two and a half, and they ended up winning by ten at home. So, you know, and Arizona's a lousy team. I'll, I'll get on those four games first. First of all, not much to say. I don't know why in the Minnesota-Miami game that Teddy Bridgewater didn't start instead of Skylar Thompson. I, I'm, you know... Scott Thompson got hurt and Teddy Bridgewater came in, threw for over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. And I'm like, why didn't, why was, I mean, why wasn't this guy healthy enough to start the game? And if he was, why didn't you start him over a seventh round rookie at home in a big, in a, in a really important game? I was kind of confused by that, but, uh, Bengals and Saints, it was a big storyline. Burrow and Chase going back to, uh, you know, Louisiana. They played college football, won a national title at LSU together in that stadium, by the way. And uh, Jamar Chase had over 130 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner. That was a big moment for them. So kudos to Cincinnati. Uh, to Cincinnati. They're back on track, by the way. I I, I, I can't remember. They're either 3-3 three and three or 4-2, and two, but they're back on track. I, yeah, they're 3-3. Three and three. They'll be fine. The Cincinnati Cincinnati will be fine. Baltimore looks really vulnerable. Pittsburgh's not a factor, um, and neither is Cleveland. So Cincinnati's right back in the thick of it for the division. Good for them. Uh, Carolina at the Rams. Look, the Panthers, worst team in the NFL. They just traded uh, Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. Uh, he had a big sideline blow up with his wide receivers coach yesterday, and the interim coach, Steve Wilk, sent him back to the uh, locker room, and that's the last you'll see of Robbie Anderson in the Panthers jersey. So uh, they're a mess. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, Even when Baker's healthy, they don't have a quarterback. Yesterday they had P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason playing for them. Yeah, they they scored three points on offense. Turned the ball over a couple times. Barely averaged five yards pass attempt. It was was rough. So Carolina's going to maximum win four games this year. I think I would bet on it being like two or three. They're just not very good. They're they, and they're about a fire sale at all. They have no receivers now outside of DJ Moore. Now that Robbie Anderson's gone, Christian McCaffrey might get traded, uh, and they have a horrible, maybe the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. It's not looking good. So that's why. I mean, the Rams don't look great either. They're not blowing anybody out. I mean, they they really should have won by more yesterday, considering how poorly Carolina played, and they and they just couldn't put them away. They. Couldn't put Atlanta away um, early on in the season. So, um, yeah, the Rams, I'm not willing to say they're back yet because they just are sort of underwhelming at this point. But, you know, a win's a win, and you got to win against these bad opponents, and they did. And then the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Seahawks are feisty. I'll give them that. They are not one of the worst teams in the NFL like we were all expecting. So credit to Seattle. They have act- And Geno Smith has played unbelievably well. Uh, give him a lot of credit. You know, people say that, you know, they wrote him off. Well, they did. I wrote him off. You know, he had a horrible two-year stretch as a starter to begin his career with the Jets, and we never really heard from him again until midway through last year when he took over for an injured Russell Wilson. You know, I think people have a right to have, you know, a pass to have written off Geno Smith, you know, because, you know, he just wasn't very good until this year. He leads the league in completion percentage, and that's definitely something. Uh, Arizona is really bad. Um, and I think I noticed this more because my fantasy quarterback in almost all my leagues right now is, uh, Kyler Murray, but gosh, I mean, they get off to such painfully slow starts. I haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter this entire season. I've scored like two 
or one or two touchdowns in the first quarter all season. And they just look discombobulated. I'm not sure what it is and why that is, but they're a rough watch right now. And it is hard to watch them. They have no creativity or gel on offense. They do get DeAndre Hopkins back next week. But this is a coaching thing. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury, who's been the coach for four seasons now, might be in over his head a little bit. You know, I I mean, it, it, it seems completely discombobulated. It, it feels completely like, you know, there's no creativity. There's no gel. It really feels like an offense that is below average. And maybe DeAndre Hopkins will solve some of that. But Kyler Murray is a tough person to work with. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury, is hard, it's hard to work with, with Kyler. I don't know what it is. The Cardinals are a very hard watch. They have one of the most unbelievable players at the position uh, in Kyler Murray. And they have been involved in some of the most boring games in the, in the league this year. I'm not sure why that is. But they couldn't score a touchdown yesterday on offense against the Seahawks. Their only touchdown was on a blocked punt. Um, that's my Cardinals rant. They're really bad, and it's been hard for me as a Kyle, a Kyle Murray fantasy owner to uh, stomach it, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, uh, my losses. I, you know, I bet against Atlanta. They've, they're unbelievable. They're undefeated against the stretch this year. Uh, the spread, not the stretch, the spread this year. And um, <laughs> that's that's telling you, don't bet against the Falcons. They have been an excellent cover team, which means that they are feisty. It means they're fun. They play hard. They're well coached, and they don't make mistakes. And that's the Falcons. You saw them yesterday. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. Marcus Mariota was thirteen to fourteen passing at three total touchdowns. They're just very conservative, but they're efficient, and they don't turn the ball over. Uh, and San Francisco, by the way, is missing half their starters, offense, defense. They 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 are an injury-riddled mess like they seem to be every single year. Must be something in the water in San Francisco. I don't know why they can, how they can be this injury-prone, but they are. Um, Browns and Patriots, I don't know why I keep betting Cleveland. Look, the Patriots are what they are. I don't think they're super creative on offense, but Bailey Zappi has given them a spark. Uh maybe he's better than Mac Jones. That's a conversation people are having on the, on the radio and television today. Is Bailey Zappi going to take over for Mac Jones? Who knows? But I mean, Bailey Zappi's looked pretty good. And, uh, he's, he's also not really making any mistakes like Marcus Mariota, like Cooper Rush until this week, just not making a lot of mistakes, just, you know, doing, you know, making his plays and whatnot. And that's been working for them. Uh, Jets, Packers, this is two stories here. Yes, the Jets are 4-2. and two. How is that even possible with Zach Wilson, who has thrown one touchdown all year, uh, and Robert Sala, who was 4-13 and 13 as a rookie head coach, and 1-2 and two to start this year. Uh, they've won four of their last five. And, th- I mean, they, they look really good. They can run the ball well. They are the youngest team in the NFL. They, they feel like they play with a ton of energy. It feels like a college team. They play with a lot of energy. They play for Robert Sala, who's a great coach for the play. He's a great players coach. And Zach Wilson looks like a leader. He looks like a guy people like playing for. And so that's the Jets story. The Packers, they, so they play the Commanders next week. I, I, the Commanders can win that game. I'm sorry. Commanders could totally win that game. And I'm not going to apologize if they do. The Packers... 
no weapons. They have very little talent on offense. They have Alan Lazard. That's about it. Romeo Dobbs is really inconsistent. Uh, Robert Tunyon is kind of inconsistent. They don't know how to utilize Aaron Jones. They they just keep handing that ball off to A.J. Dillon, and I don't know how many two-yard, three-yard runs that I can stomach from him when Aaron Jones is clearly better, clearly the better player. I, I feel like they're just not – they're getting exposed for their coaching right now. They don't have a legit number one receiver. They don't know how to use their best player on offense, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Rodgers is a tough guy to play for if you're not a well-established receiver. Maybe they go get Odell Beckham. I, I mean, I don't know, but they – they are about as desperate an offense as it can get right now. It just doesn't look good. And, uh, yeah, maybe they do suck. Maybe they suck. I don't know. Maybe they're just going through a weird spot, but maybe they also suck. Who knows? Jaguars at Colts. Jacksonville's back to sucking. I don't know why. I, pay. I mean, I've been burnt by them a ton the last few weeks. Lost to Philadelphia. I get it. They're the only undefeated team. But then you lose to the Texans, and you don't even score a touchdown at home. And then you go to Indianapolis and let Matt Ryan, like 2022 Matt Ryan, throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, no sacks against your defense. Yeah, I'm off the Jacksonville bandwagon officially. Now, I can always come back, but right now I'm, I'm off the bandwagon. Uh, Baltimore at the Giants. I, 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 another story of two teams, the Ravens have choked two multi-score second-half leads this year. Not great. Um, I don't know if they can sustain that. I think they're very flashy, but I think they're also streaky. And if you sort of rough them up late in the game, they'll make a mistake. If you hang with them, they will make a mistake late in the game. They did it to, against Miami. They just did it against the Giants, who are 5-1. F- f- uh, and one. I was going to say 4-1, and one, but they're 5-1. and one. That I can't wrap my head around. I think the Giants are a better playoff bet than the Cowboys at this point. I'll get into that later, but the Giants are very well coached, and they they know what they are, and they don't try to be something they're not, which is always what I thought they were with Joe Judge. They were not a tough physical team, but Joe Judge wanted them to be, and they just weren't, they weren't sexy, they weren't methodical, they just, you know, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And they didn't do a lot of that, so as a result of not being, you know, a good offense or a physical team, they just were awful. And Joe Judge seemed like a, you know, a you know what because of it. But right now they know what they are, they're well coached. I really think that this is a team that can go to, I don't think they can win a playoff game, but they can go to the playoffs. Certainly. They're not going to win the division either, but they could totally go to the playoffs. So, that that was another shocker. You know, I had the Ravens minus 6 and I was dead wrong. Buccaneers at Steelers, uh Tampa Bay maybe Tampa Bay is not as good as we think. They have two good receivers, don't really have a tight end, running game is inconsistent, defense is a little touch and go, and Tom Brady is starting to look older. By the way, we haven't talked about the fact that they significantly downgraded a head coach from Bruce Arians down to Todd Bowles. That's a steep down. I mean, Todd Bowles was 24-40, and in four seasons with the Jets or something crazy like that, something bad like that. Um, Not a great coach, but, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. The Buccaneers aren't very creative right now. Mm, You know, I'm not really going to address the Steelers. 
by the way. They lost their quarterback. They're still a non-factor. They did win the game, and that's a big win for them at home over Tom Brady, a guy that's tormented them in the past. But I'm not really concerned about them. Uh, Bills and Chiefs, uh, we already talked about that one. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles, another big game that was last night. Philadelphia is just too good. Um, You know, their pass rush is just as good as as Dallas's in my opinion. They they can get after the quarterback. They can make life really hard for a lot of I mean, they had nine sacks against the Commanders. They had a bunch yesterday against the Cowboys, forced three interceptions. They're a real team. They could win 13 games this year. I'm putting them on notice they can compete for the number 1 seed in the NFC. They might they not might. They are the best team in the NFC. Every other team in the NFC has a big problem. San Francisco yeah, they just lost to Atlanta. They've lost to Chicago. They lost to Denver. They've lost to three crappy teams. Um, Green Bay, no receivers. The Rams, bad O-line. Stafford's an accident waiting to happen. And then the Buccaneers are older. They're an older team, and they seem inconsistent and out of sorts at times. And the Cardinals, of course, aren't even going to go to the playoffs this year. So I'm not going to consider them. But, boy, the, the Vikings are a tough team, but they've they've played each other. And the Eagles pretty much clowned them. The Eagles are really good. Uh, they're, they're going to be the number one seed. That's just my thought. Uh, Cowboys, I don't, I, it's hard to make an evaluation of them without Dak Prescott. Uh, they've just, they've sort of been really lucky to win f- those four games they won with Cooper Rush. Uh, yesterday, it all sort of came back to earth for him. He threw three picks, took some sacks, lost by a couple scores. Uh, you know, they're owing, you know, they're 4-0, in non-Sunday night games, 0-2 in, on Sunday night, so maybe that's their kryptonite, but the Cowboys with Dak, I think, will be more gelled on offense. They have, they'll have they add a new dimension. They won't just be a running team, but um, yeah, I don't like the, Gi- the Cowboys as much as I like the Giants when it comes to this year. I, of course, I hate the Cowboys, but when it comes to, you know, who's going to make the playoffs, I think the Cowboys have an, a championship-level defense. The fact is, they don't have a great receiving core outside of C.D. Lamb, Running backs, you know, I, can you trust them when the season, you know, when we're getting to the end of the season? Uh, and, they, you know, Dak Prescott, of course, when healthy, is a thoroughly average quarterback. He's like he's a Kirk Cousins, Tannehill, Garoppolo type of quarterback and nothing more. So it's going to be hard to trust them come playoff time and come clutch time too because Dak Prescott is anything but clutch. But once he's back, I think the offense, you know, they'll, they'll, they get the, the next two games against the Lions and the Bears – of course it is. They'll clown both of them. Um, and Dak, you know, who only really ever beats bad teams, will, you know, start to look better. Um, so, you know, down the stretch when the Cowboys are playing those worst teams or those better teams, you know, they will lose because Dak can't beat those teams. But for right now, I think with Dak, they'll be able to, you know, add a new dimension to the offense where they can actually throw the ball. So, Anyway, I was four and eight on my picks this week. I'm now 32, 31, and three on the season. Uh, so bad week. It is what it is. Whatever. If we were four and eight, but uh, we'll bounce back next week. We'll be back Friday to talk about week seven picks. Um, tonight, Chargers and Broncos. Of course, I love the Chargers tonight because the Broncos stink, um, and I'm sick of having the Broncos on primetime football. Um, I wish the Commanders would be on primetime more because I'm sick of watching Sunday football and not being able to enjoy it because i got to watch my crappy team play every week. So uh, very relaxing yesterday, by the way, to just not have to worry about the Commanders. Oh, it was awesome. Um, just didn't have to worry about them. They already won on Thursday night. 
we should play every Thursday night as far as I'm concerned. But um, anyway, so that is that. We will be back on Friday for the Week 7 picks. Uh, until then, have a great rest of your week. If you're a Yankees fan or a Guardians fan, a big game for you guys tonight. Uh, definitely rooting for Cleveland in that one, but, you know, wouldn't be heartbroken either way. As for me, I'm Jacob Valliere. This is the Jadava Show, Monday edition, week six, and we'll be right back on Friday. Take care, everybody.